So uh, tonight, what we are uh, going to discuss um, is I found um, they recently put out uh, the CRC helped very much put out a uh, a volume in memory of Rabbi Schwartz Zatzal, who is the Av Basin of the of of the CRC, and they put together a journal. The RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, has had a a Torah journal for uh, for decades. Uh, this is volume 76, so they've had it for a while. And this uh, past uh, edition was put out in uh, in memory. It contains many uh, tshuvas that were written by Rabbi Schwartz and other things which are written by other Abanim who felt uh, very close to him. So as I was flipping through that uh, that volume, so I saw an article from Rabbi Reis, the current Av Basin of the CRC, where he talks about uh, the decision that the CRC had to make, and he's obviously not speaking for other uh, cautious organizations, but the decision that the CRC had to make about whether to give a hechsher to medical marijuana. So I said, oh, that's an interesting uh, uh, question that, uh, you know, that I haven't seen too many people discuss in the past. So I said, you know what, let's see what, uh, if we could go ahead and we could give that a, a whirl and uh, who knows, by the time we're done with this year, maybe we'll all go out and get some and we'll have a party. <laughs> so we'll have to see how that, uh, that goes. And I'm not judging whether you have some already or not. That's, uh, that's, your, own, that's your own decision. Okay, so we are going to begin with, and we're going to follow pretty much uh, Rabbi Reese's order in terms of the, uh, how he presented this, uh, this, uh, his analysis of this. And he begins with the very famous tshuva of Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein was asked a, a question about the allowance, the propriety, whether it's, uh, you know, it's something which is us or not, as you're going to see, just stam to go ahead and smoke marijuana. And uh, we'll, uh, the whole sheer after that will, uh, will be an analysis of the application of that tshuva to now 2022, 2023. I don't know when exactly uh, Rabbi Reese wrote this tshuva and did this uh, this analysis, but uh, we'll just look at it in terms of what we're doing tonight after this year. Okay. Question, so, Rabbi. Yes. Does this only have to do with smoking marijuana and not having it some other way? No, they, we're actually going to, the, the hexer is going to be having it another way. Brownies or gummy bears or however way, uh, other way you're going to get it into your system. It's, it's that, one which would necessitate the hexer. That's good, thank you. So smoke, smoking, it's questionable whether or not, if you're smoking it, whether you need a hechsher, but certainly if you're uh, mixing it, putting it into your brownie mix, or you're going to go ahead and have jelly bellies with a kick, so that's something which will, uh, which will necessitate a, a hechsher. I don't understand if it's just, it's like grass, why does grass need a hechsher? Because uh, it's, it's processed. So first of all, there could be bugs on it, you know, maybe you'll have some uh, some bugs mixed into your marijuana. So we uh, yeah, but the, want... when people eat the jelly beans that have hechsher, jelly beans are made. The coating is made with um, bug um, stuff yes. in the liquid to make it shiny. Right. right. So, so it's my focus about hechsher, about, so... about about candy glaze. Uh, generally, uh, companies in uh, the the national companies. Are, are lenient about that. The Heimischer companies are machmer. In Eretz Yisrael, my understanding is that almost everybody's machmer about that. But that's a separate uh, issue as to why that glaze, which is put on candy, uh, uh, even though it is a bug derivative, would be uh, would be permitted. 
But here we're talking about it's it's like when you get oregano leaves. So if you're going to get dried oregano, you have to make sure that it has a hechsher because you know who knows what's there, who knows where it was processed. You know, there's a lot of steps I along see, the I way. See. From what? Interesting. Okay, so here Ramosha starts uh, to your point, Mel. Ramosha starts with the issue of smoking it. So he says, he says that which there are some young men who are smoking chashish, in case you don't know what that is. So he transliterates maravana. That's, the, uh, that, that's his spelling of the word. So he said, it's hard to get the wa sound in Hebrew, but we'll double vav that, and that's going to count. So says Ramosha, and it's a, Ramosha usually is not shy about uh, putting together very detailed uh, analysis of Shas and Rishonim to, uh, to prove his point, to, uh, to, uh, to bolster whatever position he's taking. But over here, Ramosha says very simply, Hashu shu davar aser, mikam ikre dinim shebetorah. So Moshe says very clearly, it's obvious that smoking marijuana is aser uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, he says it's not healthy, and you're not allowed to go ahead and do things which are which are not healthy. And even if you have these young teenagers who are invincible and it doesn't really uh, uh, impact them, of a makalko who has sadas but it certainly is going to impact the mind and not in a good way, in a negative way. And it causes them to not be able to think straight, to not have, uh, it uh, impacts their cognitive abilities. Which is even more severe than would it go ahead and impact them physically. By impacting one's cognitive abilities, so not only does it detract from their ability to study Torah, but karoy appropriately, but on top of that, it's going to impact one's davening in the other mitzvahs which one does, which if mitzvahs are done without proper intent, so sometimes it's considered as if you didn't do the mitzvah. So if you're in an altered state of consciousness and you're not really there, so maybe you're not actually doing the mitzvahs. And he says that also it is addictive. It creates a, a need for more of it. Which is an even a stronger yearning or a stronger addiction, let's say, than uh, one has towards food. And food is something which you need to live on. And And we know that there are some people who get hooked on it and they can't stop. And now that's something which they need on a regular basis. And as they need it on a regular basis, they need to take more and more on a regular basis because that's the way this works. So what you're doing is you are stimulating this taiva, you're stimulating this uh, this uh, this yearning. And this is a very severe iser, like the Torah warns of Ben Sora the the young man who takes a liking to wine and meat. And uh, which is very bad for that young man when he develops this taiva for meat, even though the meat which he's consuming is certainly kosher. 
the kosher So certainly you're not allowed to go ahead. It would be prohibited to go ahead and uh, stimulate a new taiva, a new desire or yearning. Uledavar, especially says Ramosha, Uledavar shaleka shum tzorach la'adam bazeshuaser. Meat, at the very least, the young man, the, the, the young teenage boy can rationalize, listen, I, I need it to eat. But marijuana is certainly not something which somebody needs in order to be able to survive. And therefore, what would be the hector to go ahead and set yourself on a path where all of a sudden you need it? And even though it's true that it may not be a punishable offense if somebody starts smoking marijuana, but just because something isn't punishable doesn't mean it's absolutely absurd. In terms of Moshe, it's clear that this is going to be Aser. Um, Excuse me, does he talk about medical marijuana? No, they didn't. This was uh, this is either in the 50s or the 60s. They didn't include the date. But this is, I think, before they were using it uh, medically. Moshe did not address it. Um, okay, so that, well, the, the other arguments we don't have to read. But he says, so davar. He says, the bottom line is, at the end of the day is, who pashut ubar, it's clear and obvious, shehume isur mechamurim, that smoking marijuana is a very serious iser. And we have to put in a great effort to remove this, um, this plague, this tumah amongst the Jewish people. And certainly those people who uh, should who are learning in yeshivas and their mind is the main thing that they need to be uh, that they need to be on uh, for for them to be on top of their game to go ahead and start smoking marijuana and going into that altered state of consciousness. Ramosha says, no way, no how. This should not. This is not something which should be done. Okay, so now let's go back. Let's go back a little bit in terms of. What exactly the uh, uh, Rav Moshe's concerns are? Because remember, Rav Moshe just said Pashat. He didn't really quote sources in Rishonu or something like that. He talked about Ben Sora Part of what we didn't read was his uh, his uh, uh, quoting the mitzvah of Kedoshim Tiyu that one should not be uh, indulgent in in various things. But let's go back and let's see a little bit more some of the Gemara, some of the relevant Gemaras and Rishonim, which. Uh, contain important principles which are applicable to this uh, this case. So Gemara Psachim says, Rav So Rav went ahead and told Chia his son, Lotishti Sama. Lotishti Sama would literally mean don't drink Robitussin or something like that. So it's a, it's some it's some medical drink. Sama nowadays in modern Hebrew we use the word Samin to refer to drugs illicit drugs, prohibited drugs, but here they probably weren't to refer to something which is illegal, because I didn't know if they, I don't think they had illegal drugs back in the time of Chazal, but he said, don't go ahead and start uh, dabbling in the, uh, the, uh, the, the medicine cabinet. Why is that? Why, did you, uh, why was it Rav warning his son Chia against doing so? So the Rajbam explains, al samim, don't go ahead and on a regular basis take medicine, why? Because the body becomes accustomed to it, becomes something that the body expects. It's like any other addiction, that it becomes something the body is expecting. 
and then your heart is going to want it. So you'll go through some sort of withdrawal, and then all of a sudden a person feels that they can't live without whatever that uh, addictive substance is. And what happens with almost any addiction, vitafsidmos, then you end up having to spend a lot of money on whatever your substance is. And then the Rashbam says, and here we're coming to your point a little bit, Mel, the, uh, the, uh, the Rashbam says that Rav was warning his son Chia that taking medicine even when you're sick, so it's so you're taking it for medical reasons, still you shouldn't do so, that if you could go ahead and get some other medicine, which is not addictive, so you should not go ahead and take that medicine which is addictive. So here we already have something where they're not, obviously they're not talking about marijuana or heroin or crack cocaine or anything like that, but whatever the medicine is, so Chazal already recognized that there is the potential to become uh, an addict and therefore one should avoid it if necessary. Even for medical reasons, one should avoid the, uh, the medication which is addictive if there is a non-addictive uh, alternative which, which is available. But we see also just in principle there to uh, uh, begin with a gateway drug of sorts, or to begin with a gateway uh, activity, which is going to lead you down a road which could lead to a full-on uh, addiction. Uh, that's something which uh, Rav certainly told his son Chia that you should avoid that and make sure not to not to. That's so. Po- that's point number one. That doing something which is going to generate or set you uh, on a path towards addiction, so that should be avoided. Then we have another point, which is, which is uh, essential to emphasize over here in this discussion. And that is the idea of the fact that it's dangerous. That when a person is high or when a person is drunk, so as you said, they're in this altered state of consciousness. And in that altered state of consciousness, so they're not necessarily going to make wise decisions. And oftentimes the decisions that they make during that time end up being very dangerous. They end up doing things which are stupid or they do things which are, are, are dangerous. You know, many people end up in the emergency room uh, because of accidents which happened specifically while they were under the influence of alcohol or under the influence of marijuana or some other type of, type of drug. And that also is something which is a very serious halachic matter. One should not think, uh, as we're going to see now in the next two sources, but one should not think that halacha only weighs in on quote-unquote halachic matters like talus and tefillin and lulav and menorah and matzah and stuff like that. And it doesn't really get involved in these general life uh, uh, areas. So for that, the very last sif in all of Chosha Mishpat, so it reads as follows. So it says that, So the last sim in Tavchav Zion, so the primary subject of that simon is the need to build a fence on one's roof. Back in the time where their rooftop was considered to be a nut, it was literally a sunroom, just without walls, but it was a sunroom that they would go ahead and they would use as another uh, room because they didn't have much room in the house. So the Torah mandates that you put a fence around the roof to make sure that people don't fall. So then from that, Shulchan Aruch over there talks about other things which one has to do on their property in order to make sure that everybody is safe. And then the very last sif, Shulchan Aruch says, Kol over, uh, um, actually, I think this may be the Ramah already. I have to check again now. But he says, Kol over al elu Somebody who violates these things, 
and anything which is similar, meaning that they demonstrate a similar disregard for safety and well-being, va'amar, and the person says to themselves, the way they rationalize this is, listen, I'm putting myself in danger. It's my business. And what business is it of yours, what I decide to do? If I want to go ahead and go uh, bungee jumping, if I want to go ahead and jump off of a plane with a parachute, or I want to go ahead and do any type of activity, I want to go drag racing down an abandoned road where nobody else is there. It's none of your business what I do. It's up to me. It's my life. It's my decision. And keep your nose out of my business. Oh, or if a person who engages in a potentially dangerous activity rationalizes his behavior by saying, listen, I understand you're a big wimp. You don't want to do your scaredy cat. You don't want to do something which is potentially dangerous because it makes you nervous. Fine, that's you. But this is the way I get my dopamine hit. I need my dopamine hit by engaging in dangerous activities. And I'm not concerned about what the may or may not happen. So what do we do with a person who says, keep your nose out of my business, or says, I'm going to do these dangerous things, and I'm not concerned? Makinoso makas martis. It's considered to be a violation, at the very least, of a durabanan. And therefore, in a circumstance where Basin has the authority, and Basin is, is empowered to keep people in line with halacha, so they would be allowed to go ahead and administer lashes to this person. They could whip this person for being in violation of halacha. So a person isn't allowed to say, this is my life, keep your nose out of my business, and, uh, and you can't tell me what uh, to do. And I'm not, uh, I don't have to listen to you uh, just because you're scared that it's dangerous doesn't mean that I have to change my behavior. Halacha says, absolutely not. You're not allowed to engage in dangerous be- activity. End of story. And and somebody who is conscientious and tries to be careful with their, their safety and their well-being, so they should be uh, they should be recipients of a good blessing. Okay, so this is the very end of Chosha Mishpat, that there's a halachic mandate to go ahead and behave responsibly and safely, and one is not allowed to say, it's none of your business whether or not I'm going to take this drug or not, regardless of its danger. I'm not afraid that I'm going to overdose and that would prove uh, dangerous to me, and therefore you're not allowed to tell me what to, what to do. If it is perceived, or if we know that it is a dangerous activity, so that itself makes it awesome. And in a beautiful explanation of this halacha, so the Ber Hagola, Ber Hagola um, doesn't get much credit for, uh, for what he did, because nowadays we have computers which could do a similar type of thing, but the Ber Hagola actually did a tremendous service to Klai Yisrael, in that he went ahead on the side of the page of Shulchan Aruch, he went ahead and sort of like footnoted where Shulchan Aruch got all of his rulings from. So it comes from a Gemara, he tells you what the Gemara is. If it comes from a Rishon, he tells you which Rishon it is. And it looks like he's just giving sources to be able to, uh, to if you want to do uh, further research on Halacha, but without a computer, you actually had to know all of the Gemaras and all of the Rishonim in order to be able to do so. And every once in a while, so the Ber HaGola will go ahead and throw in what is clearly a commentary. So here, this is one of those instances where the Ber HaGola sort of goes against his normal uh, pattern or his normal uh, job, which is to give the sources for the rulings in Shulchan Aruch. And he goes and he writes as follows. 
So why is it that this is such a severe matter, this idea that this notion that a person is not allowed, not even notion, this principle that a person is not allowed to put their lives in danger. So he says, He says, it seems to me that the reason why the Torah warns a person about making sure to take care of their health and well-being, that's rooted in the idea that Baruch Hu created the world in his kindness, in order to do good for his creatures. The whole purpose of creation, so the whole purpose of creation was in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be able to do good. Without a universe, there's no recipient of God's good. So he created the entire universe and everything which is there in order to provide good for mankind. For, and that is, that mankind should be able to recognize God's greatness. And with that recognition of God's greatness, the lavot avodaso became mitzvosov visaraso, and to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu by doing his mitzvahs and studying his Torah. So this is the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation is so that we should be able to do mitzvahs, we should be able to study Torah, and in in doing so, we recognize the greatness of God. So that was why God put, you know, if we borrow that human terminology, that's why he put in the effort of creating an entire universe. Like the Pasuk says, says that everything which I created ultimately is to bestow honor on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's where, where everything, what everything, the purpose of everything. And in doing so, by using our time and our resources to study Torah and to do mitzvahs and connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we then earn reward for all that effort. And and here comes the key, somebody who knowingly and intentionally puts himself in danger, demonstrates a disregard for the value of life and what the potential, what potential life has to offer. It's very strong words, he says. He says, get a load of this. It's as if he despises, he's repulsed by what Akash Baruch Hu wants, by the will of the Creator. He doesn't care. God created us to be able to serve him. And a person is putting himself in danger, which means he won't have life. And if he doesn't have life, he's not going to be able to do mitzvahs. He's not going to be able to study Torah. And it becomes a communication by that person that I'm not interested at all in serving you, God, because I'm not interested in my time and not interested in the reward, which is the ultimate good, which is to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. None of that interests me. I'd rather go ahead and go bungee jumping. I'd rather jump out of plane with a parachute or whatever the, the, uh, the activity is. And there can be no greater disregard and sort of like Hefkerus, sort of like a, um, a, a, an abandon for anything which is valuable, then engaging in an activity which ultimately is going to, uh, is, uh, puts a person in danger and puts their life at risk. So therefore, this is a second reason why one has to be very cautious when giving out a Heksher, because 
uh, on something on, on, uh, on any sort of a drug, on marijuana or something like that, because if the activity is a dangerous activity because of the altered state of mind, the altered consciousness that a person will be in, so maybe it's also because it's dangerous and you can't give a hechsher to, uh, to a dangerous activity. And um, okay, one last thing on this topic is from the Sefer Achinuch. So the Sefer Achinuch, so uh, as you all know, so the Sefer Achinuch uh, lived in that era of the end of the uh, the era of the Gaonim, the beginning of the era of the Rishonim, when they were trying to, uh, they spent a lot of time, great Tamar Chacham spent a lot of time trying to identify which of the mitzvahs of the Torah count towards the 613 mitzvahs. Everybody uh, understood, everybody knew that there are 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, but if you go ahead and you start counting them one by one, you'll end up with more than 613. So that means that there are some mitzvahs in the Torah, which for whatever reason did not count towards the 613 mitzvahs. So sometimes you have to explain that there's an overlap between them. There's all sorts of different explanations which are given as to why something may be included in the Taryag mitzvahs or may be excluded. But during this era in Jewish history, so there were many, many term which were written, which count up the mitzvahs. Okay, so the Sefer Achinuch is one of those uh, those uh, those uh, those farm, and he lists the six hundred thirty mitzvahs by the order of the uh, of the parsha, and then he gives a background and he gives some of the brief halachas related to that mitzvah. So here we are on mitzvah shin pei zayin. Mitzvah shin pei zayin is a mitzvah of losasuach the prohibition against wandering after one's eyes and after one's heart. So here the Sefer Chinuch writes, and he was actually writing this for his son. The, the, the story goes that uh, his son was uh, doing nothing Shabbos afternoon. So he wanted to give his son something to keep him busy on Shabbos afternoon. This is before God created Pirchei. So he went ahead and said, you know what? I'm going to write him a Parsha sheet. And the Parsha sheet, which I'm going to write for my son, is what mitzvah is contained in that week's Parsha with a brief overview and explanation of that mitzvah. And that ends up being this primary source in, in Halacha. But that, that's what it is. But that's why he talks to his son. So he says, Vidabini, you should know my son. And it should be a saying, which you are, it should be a mantra, which you are repeating regularly. And that is, that which Chazal say in Pirkei Avos, that if you do one Avera, so that sets you on a path a trajectory which leads to other Averas. But on the other hand, if you do a mitzvah, so that changes your trajectory so that you're now going towards other mitzvahs. So Sefer Chinuch says that if a person goes ahead and succumbs to some Yetzirah and is drawn after his taiva, drawn after some physical lust or whatnot, Timashech Achrea Kama Pamen. So that's going to lead you towards a trajectory where you're going to indulge again and again and again. Same idea of like a gateway drug, drug that once you start, so then it's going to become difficult to, uh, to stop. And then he goes on to say, the same thing is true of a person who is looking around at things which they should not be looking at. Kolomer, in other words, somebody who pursues physical pleasures in this world. 
that a person is always looking for the greatest pleasures that exist, without any regard that to bring about a good outcome, the person indulges simply for the sake of indulging. That a person should not behave um, that a person should not uh, conduct himself, engage in eating or drinking or sleeping or any of the activities that a person engages in. If a person does not have in mind that they're trying to strengthen the body so that they'll have energy to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu better, but rather, but a person is eating or drinking or sleeping just because they find it to be pleasurable and they want to pursue pleasure, that is not the correct perspective, it's not the correct attitude. In somebody who walks in this path where they engage in activities simply because of taiva, simply because they want to indulge and they want to experience the good life in pleasures in this world, over alav So such a person is going to be a violation of this prohibition whenever they go ahead and indulge in whatever that uh, pleasure uh, uh, happens to be. So this is also a warning that a person has to make sure not to go ahead and um, do things which are going to stimulate their taiva, stimulate their uh, connection with the pleasures of this world, because ultimately that's going to be a distraction from real avodas Hashem. It's going to get in the way of being able to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's not something which one should uh, which which one should uh, should be doing. Okay. Now the question is. So what are we going to do now with all of these warnings in place about why uh, uh, smoking marijuana is something which is dangerous, it's something which is also because it's dangerous, it's something which is also because it stimulates desires and, the, uh, and, uh, and uh, leads a person toward, down a path towards addiction. So now what are we going to say about medical marijuana? Somebody who has whatever medical condition that they have, and the doctor feels that medical marijuana will provide them with necessary relief. So is that something which is going to be allowed? Is it not allowed? What exactly are going to be the parameters? So the first thing uh, 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 Rabbi Reese quotes is, and I was trying to get a copy of this, but I was able to do so tonight. But he has from the, there's a Torah journal called Sohar. I don't think it's related to the organization, which goes by the name Tsar also, but this is a, a, an old Torah journal. It's been around for a while. So they have Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein, who was a son-in-law of Revel Yashiv. And he said over in the name of his father-in-law, Revel Yashiv, that Rav Moshe's prohibition against smoking marijuana. So Revel Yashiv says that that's limited to somebody who's healthy. Somebody who's a healthy person and wants to go ahead and indulge in uh, in marijuana, wants to just enter into that altered state of consciousness that marijuana could bring you to. So that's the type of person that Moshe was addressing when he said it's absolutely aser, it's pashat, that it's aser to go ahead and smoke mar- marijuana. But what, what, what Moshe was not addressing is velo al-hamesukan bal sevokasha. But he was not talking about somebody who's dangerously ill, in somebody who's suffering whatever pain that they are experiencing, who wants to go ahead and alleviate their pain and suffering. So somebody who's taking marijuana 
And at this point, it doesn't make a difference whether they're smoking it or they're eating it in some other way. But somebody who's taking marijuana for medical reasons, so that Rav Yashiv says was not included in Rav Moshe's Isser. And that's something which would, if it's uh, for medical reasons, it's something which would be uh, w- which would be okay. Okay, so this is step number one, this important principle that there may be this possibility to go ahead and to uh, get marijuana into one system for medical purposes. But what is this going to be as far as giving a heksher? It's one thing to say, somebody calls up with the shayla, the doctor prescribed medical marijuana, can I have it? And you say, yes, it's okay. If the doctor said it's okay, the doctor said the, that you need it, so then it's okay. But for a cashless organization to go ahead and issue a heksher, so that already is a much bigger deal. Because once they go ahead and give a heksher, so then somebody says, oh, I can order this online. It has a heksher. It's available for everybody to go ahead and take because it's uh, it's got a heksher. It must be that everything about it under all circumstances is okay. So that, Rabbi Ri said that they agreed. They uh, uh, The decision was, that they would issue a heksher on medical marijuana, but the way that the heksher reads is as follows. This is what you have in source eight over here. And that is, it's a qualified heksher. And it's fascinating the way they phrase this, but you'll see that we actually have precedent for this in halacha. And the way that they phrase the heksher is, kosher rak l'cholim, that this medical marijuana is kosher only for somebody who is ill, who is taking this as prescribed by a doctor. So it's only kosher. The heksher only applies to somebody who received a, a prescription from a doctor or guidance from a doctor to go ahead and take this medical marijuana in order to alleviate whatever their physical condition happens to be. Now you'll say, hey, since when do we go ahead and we give qualified heksher. Either something is kosher or it's not kosher. How can you say it's kosher for this group, but it's not kosher for, for that group? Where do we ever find such a precedent to go ahead and, and, and do such a thing that that uh, the, the CRC and Rabbi Reese will be comfortable doing so in this instance? So the truth is, is that we actually have precedent for such a thing. And that is, that's what you have in source number nine, that whenever you go to uh, to a Pesach store, so inevitably there will be what we call egg matzah, or in halacha terminology is matzah ashira. We're actually going to go out of order for a minute. We're going to read source 10, and then we'll go back and re- read source nine. So we know that uh, when, when you mix uh, well, Pesach time, when you mix flour and water, so everybody knows that you have to bake it within 18 minutes, because once 18 minutes transpires from the time that the water hits the flour, so it already begins to rise or begins to uh, to, uh, to leaven, and it already begins the chametz process. So we all know that there's 18 minutes. Now the question that the Rishonim debate is, what happens if you use a liquid other than water? Use fruit juice. So what impact does fruit juice have on flour? Does that uh, trigger an immediate leavening process? Do you have the same 18 minutes that you would have if it was water? Or does it never leaven? Will it never become chametz? So this is a debate which we, we find in the in Shulchan Aruch. And here you have, in source 10 over here, this is Orachim Simon Tav Samach Beis, Steve Daud. So Shulchan Aruch says, May Mashkim. So let's say, rather than using water, you go ahead and you use egg, or some other beverage, 
not water. Kulam havu peros. All of them are considered to be fruit juice, as if you took straight apple juice, or you took not from concentrate or mixed with water or anything, but straight uh, fruit juice, and you mix that with flour, which Shulchan Aruch says, he paskins is not going to trigger a leavening process, and it's going to be permitted. So for Sfardim, so egg matzah is acceptable, but then comes along the Ramah and says, Haga, in Ashkenazi countries, the custom is to not use fruit juice when making matzah. And we wouldn't even go ahead and coat a matzah with a fruit juice until after it's been baked. But we wouldn't go ahead and put a coating on the matzah in advance of throwing it into the oven out of fear that the fruit juice will trigger an immediate leavening process. And we don't even have 18 minutes. It will happen just right away. And then says the Ramah, and one is not allowed to deviate from this practice. So as a general matter, we don't eat egg matzah on Pesach, but unless it is a pressing circumstance, where you're dealing with somebody who is ill and cannot have regular matzah, or somebody who's elderly who also may not be able to digest or the body may not be able to tolerate regular matzah. So such a person is able to be lenient and have what we call egg matzah, but it's a heter only for those people who are ill or those people who are elderly. And in fact, Next time, this coming this Pesach. So you look at some of the you look at like some of the tam tam boxes in some of the matzahs, which uh, may say like egg and onion matzah on the box. So you'll find if you look at the hechsher, you find that usually they put it on the side of the box. So it will say something to the effect of. Now we're back at source nine. Kashala Pesach cholim That egg matzah is kasher on Pesach for those who are ill or those who are elderly and would not be able to tolerate regular matzah. So says Rabbi Reis, we already have precedent in halacha to give a limited hechsher where it's going to be allowed only for certain groups of people, but it's not something which is universal, which is allowed for everybody. So just like on Pesach, we feel comfortable giving a hechsher saying this product is usable only for the elderly or the infirm, so too, the CRC, following Rabbi Reis, says we're going to give a hechsher to medical marijuana, but that hechsher is applicable only to those people who are have a, a doctor's orders to use medical marijuana, but just some to go ahead and buy the product and mix it into the uh, brownies. They have a more enjoyable Shabbos afternoon or Friday night oneg, so that the CRC does not give a hechsher that you'd be able to use the marijuana for that purpose. Yeah? Okay, great. Now the last thing is, and now we're going to quote from the article uh, directly. I was just uh, uh, fascinated that uh, that uh, Rabbi Reese went into such detail about what exactly we're dealing with over here. And this is, uh, again, it's always fun because we love transliterations. So Rabbi Reese writes in his article. Question. Yes. Uh, there is a component of marijuana that is not addictive. Oh, hold on, hold on. That's, that's where we're getting. Hold on. You'll, you'll tell me after this first paragraph over here whether or not uh, we're addressing that point. So says Rabbi Reis, Now, uh, not all marijuana was created equally. Meaning, So marijuana actually has two components, two ingredients, two parts to it. 
The first one is what we call, transliterate, THC. So one is THC, and then the other part is CBD. Right, so you have THC and you have CBD. Now both of them will provide, will send that person into the desired altered state of consciousness or relieve whatever pain it's going to be. They're both helpful as far as that. I should say relieve the pain. Aval THC but it's only the THC which is going to put you into that altered state of consciousness. And it's only the THC which he writes is, I guess, has the addictive component to it. That's the one which is more dangerous. And that is the issue. It's the THC component, which is the one that Rav Moshe, without knowing that by name, but that's what he would have been addressing when he said it's a dangerous substance. It makes you not able to learn. You're not going to be able to focus on davening and doing mitzvahs uh, uh, such as that. So he says, there's no reason at all to go ahead and slap on any sort of iser to a CBD component. So if you see drops by the pharmacy, which has CBD, that's the, the main ingredient of that, uh, that herbal supplement, which I think they call it, that's how they sell it. So if you see CBD stuff, that Rebbe says, there's no reason to ask for that anyways. Now, Kashrus, where they manufacture it and stuff, that's a separate question. But he's saying essentially that he would have no hesitation to give a hechsher to CBD products, CBD marijuana products. That's not a problem. It's only the THC products where you actually have to be concerned because that has all the negative uh, um, uh, characteristics that Rav Moshe wrote so strongly against. This is what you're referring to, Mel? Yes. Also, CBD is used as a cream. You don't even eat it. It doesn't even get ingested. It goes on the outside of the skin. On the outside of the body. Okay. And now he says, now he addresses the question which everybody wants to know when we talk about ossering marijuana. And he says, the truth is that there are many things which we eat or which we consume which impact brain and focus. Sugar has an impact on the brain. The caffeine, and caffeine certainly has, that's why people uh, drink coffee, is because they want the, uh, the, the, the impact that it has on the brain and the rest of the body that it, it generates, uh, stimulates alertness. And certainly when we talk about wine or liquor, those are uh, certainly even mind-altering substances that will certainly change your ability to focus and concentrate in where your mind is. It's called but we don't come out and say, we can't give a hechsher to caffeine products. We can't give a hechsher to alcohol products. Nobody's come, not nobody, but most are not coming out and saying that we can't, uh, we can't give a hechsher to these things. And the reason is, because all of these things have a time and place where they're actually useful and beneficial. And sometimes there's even a mitzvah involved in these substances, making kiddush on wine, for those who have the minog to make, uh, you know, uh, kiddush on schnapps uh, Shabbos morning, uh, drinking on Purim, whatever it's going to be, there are, there are contexts in which it is acceptable and sometimes even a mitzvah. And therefore, 
So it becomes very difficult to start nitpicking and saying, this substance is asr, but this substance is okay, when both of them are mind-altering, and both of them can be used responsibly, and both of them can be used irresponsibly. So how are you going to start saying that this one is okay and this one is not okay? Rabbi Ari says it's very difficult to go ahead and start drawing that, uh, that distinction. And certainly when it comes to wine and liquor, which have already have uh, been a long-standing place or use in Klai Yisrael, it becomes very, very hard to start saying that these things are going to be Aser. Unless it's very clear that the substance uh, pre- presents a very serious risk to life, it's a sakana, it's going to generate addiction, going to cause addiction or yearnings for physical pleasures, and will cause a person to uh, not properly engage in mitzvahs, and will be a, uh, a uh, not a deterrent, it will uh, um, uh, detract from achieving levels of kedusha. Like Rav Moshe talked about. So if something actually does uh, is going to have all of those negative things, and we don't have any sort of precedent that should be permitted, so then Rav Moshe is correct, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to answer it, because we don't have precedent to say that it's going to be permitted. But those things which are already there, and those things which serve a, uh, a, uh, a constructive purpose, even though they could potentially be abused, but any medication could potentially be uh, uh, be abused. You know, cough medicine also could be abused, and so could mouthwash and all sorts of uh, different things could be abused. So we don't start asking all of those things because of the potential abuse. We hope that people will be able to be responsible. But he says, Mikol Makom, this is his conclusion, Mikol Makom near a bar, it's clear, marijuana, that we would not give a hechshe to marijuana products, Mamish just straight out to permit it. Unless we are doing so for the medical reasons, but just for a person to go ahead and enjoy their Shabbos a little bit more. Uh, that's something which uh, the uh, which uh, Rabbi Ri says that they would not go ahead and do, but uh, uh, medical uh, uh, usage, so that he feels comfortable giving this uh, this limited hatcher on that uh, on that use. All righty. Thank you. All right, everybody. So have a good night. Have a good uh, good night and a good.